Hello everybody and thank you for joining us. We are here for what we hope to be our first full-length episode of our new hunting couple podcast. Um, sorry ahead of time, you're going to hear some road noise, we're traveling, but it's quieter than the kids screaming in the background, so we're going to try it out. And uh, anyways, Judy was talking with me last night and she had a pretty cool idea about starting off an episode with a small segment where we bring back something from our past that kind of illustrates our history of hunting together or kind of our origin. So she's going to start telling you about our first date. Alright guys, um, hi it's me, it's Judy of course. Um, so a lot of people wonder how me and TJ got together. Um, I just want to throw this out there because his mom was a teacher and I was working for a teacher. I moved back into town. Well, way back in high school my sister was in, um, oh good grief, uh, him and my sister were best friends in high school. That's a, I guess that's how I should put that. Anyways, because he told her and she told him and blah, blah, blah. Anyways, TJ reached out to my sister and said, hey, how's your sister doing? So my sister, of course, said, I know how to, for you to take my sister on a date, she'll say yes. And he is like, oh yeah, what's the tip? You know, like, I guess take her to a dinner and movies. I, I don't know what his thought process was at the time, but my sister told him to take her coyote calling. And so TJ reached out to me. Um, he was actually fighting fire in Oregon or Utah. Coming back, yeah. Yeah, coming, coming back from Oregon. And he said, hey, let's go coyote calling. And I was like, okay, like who doesn't love coyote calling, right? So I'm, I'm going to interrupt. Uh, well, it's pretty accurate, but I think I sent you a friend request on Facebook. Oh yeah, we got And you. I'm Thank pretty you, sure Facebook. I'm pretty sure you reached out to me before I had a chance to say, "Hey, let's go coyote calling." Um, yeah, but he still made the friend request and I accepted and then I said, "Hey, TJ, how you doing?" My sister may have reached out to me saying that um you should talk to this guy so whenever he um asked me to be my friend on facebook then of course i was like hey how are you anyways of course i did the whole facebook creeper thing and all that good stuff that i don't know if i'm really proud to say i did <laughs> but anyways uh, no i am proud i i did it i am proud i creeped you on facebook <laughs> but um anyways i mean there's a whole long story i don't want to tell y'all every detail but anyways we went coyote calling and um i called we, in a coyote to you. he did call in a coyote first day first day first stand yeah. first stand yeah anyways we were out um are, are we gonna give spots we were out at three rivers is where we were outside of carrizozo yeah, yeah. close to carrizozo close to carrizozo anyways we were out there and um, <laughs> I took my 22250 with me, um, and I don't remember what you took with you. Did you take your shotgun? Yeah, I, I usually carry two guns to a coyote stand, so I had a shotgun and 
think at that time I had recently acquired a 7mm 08 that I was trying out. Yeah, I, I just know I had my 22-250. Anyways, um, this was the first time I had ever seen a coyote be called in. I had been coyote calling numerous of times, but I had never actually had a coyote be just tail wagon happy tongue hanging out just hopping down straight towards me coming to the dinner bell coming yeah coming to the dinner bell and um i remember i i don't know he was probably only like 60 yards away and i went to shoot and i forgot to take the safety off my gun yep bent your trigger in half nearly yep like it. yep and that coyote um went right between us got away and we were both uh, it uh, was, there, there was a little bit of chaos it got western for a second but uh, everybody was safe everything was good but that, that coyote ran I mean me and TJ were probably less than five yards uh, five yards standing between each other and that coyote I mean I could, probably could have pet him he he went right between us it was it was very um it was comical and then um you remember uh, it, obviously. It's memorable. Yeah. yeah. And then on the next stand, um, he called in another coyote. And I think that coyote, he stopped about 100 yards out. Like, that one didn't wasn't committing, if I can remember correctly. Yeah, he was circling to get our wind, and I, I barked at him and stopped him. And you, yep. the rest was over quickly. You yeah. And then I... Quick work of him. Yep, and then I shot him. With my 22-250. That was, um... Was our first date. Was our first date. Yeah. And that was... Yep. So that, uh... I don't know. Hopefully that illustrates a little bit kind of how we started. And hunting has been obviously not the basis of our relationship. But it's been a big part of what we invest ourselves in. And, and kind of what brought us together to start with. So, uh, I had been in and out of elk camp. And... I guess just elk camps that year I was guiding elk hunters um, so it was one of those where we would kind of text back and forth if I caught Wi-Fi I mean we might talk every couple of days um, and then if I was back this way every two weeks maybe we'd go to dinner or hang out or go call a coyote or something so that was how we started and it uh, it worked for us I don't know it, the rest is history I guess they say but um, anyways, like Judy was saying, I think that's a great idea to maybe bring some of those little short condensed stories up from our past and maybe air those out, let people know kind of the basis of this and where we're coming from. Uh, but we were talking about it and I think we're just going to go for the first couple of episodes maybe uh, chronologically and just that means in order for those of you who uh, like our me are like me and had to look that word up uh, <laughs> and go with our big game hunts for the year for this season so our first hunt we drew a I'm, I'm not gonna share units most people that know us know where we hunt and I'm not super secretive I try to help we try to help anybody out that reaches out to us whether it's where we hunt or somewhere that we've hunted in the past but I don't want to just completely make someone mad or, or skew numbers or anything like that if somebody 
sees what we do and decides to base their decisions off of us, um, that's probably not a great idea anyways. But uh, we had an arc tree elk hunt that we drew on the west side of the state. Uh, New Mexico's archery elk hunts just generally uh, for arch yeah archery elk hunts are split up into two. The first hunt is a little bit less desirable for most people. Um, they like the second hunt, which holds the primary peak of what most people call the rut or rut activity, anyways, and screaming bulls and stuff like that. So um, Judy and I like to draw tags. <laughs> And we would rather draw a tag that might be considered slightly less desirable than to not draw any tags at all. So we kind of, that just right there pretty much ruins, shows our hand, our game plan when we're putting in. But we drew a first archery tag. And I was fortunate enough to get to guide this year and knew that we were going to be pretty well booked for the second hunts. And I was going to be burning some time off. Judy had a new job she was starting and still is with that job now, but because it was brand new, didn't have a lot of time off. So we took kind of a unique approach, and I think some people might res like uh, find, I think they might find some common ground with this, but we basically had to use the days off that we had, normal days off. We couldn't take time off specifically for that. And, uh, so, what did our first try at our September elk hunt look like? Um, the first weekend, um, because we could only work the weekends, um, it, it involved getting there late Friday night and, of course, waking up very early Friday morning. Saturday morning, wow, I guess I haven't had enough coffee this morning. Um, and we went out with a buddy of ours, and was it, yeah, it was the first night, first morning, yeah, first morning we went out, and we went to an area that, um, we weren't really sure of going to, um, they said that the bulls had been talking in that area, and, um, we didn't really want to believe him. <laughs> um, he had only been hunting afternoons because he was working in the mornings. And um, I don't know, on the first hunt, you really don't get the elk talking. I mean, they do. It's not like they don't bugle, but I mean, with the moon phases and everything that, you know, plays into factor, and there had been no moisture at all. I mean, there was in the summertime, but you know, in the fall, there was, there was nothing. So it was really odd to even hear a bugle. Um, we got out of the truck and right away, one just fired up screaming. And I think we walked for, it felt like 10 miles. It was probably only like a mile. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> We uh, just kept inching closer and closer, and all of a sudden we we heard something kind of funky, like a I want to say a meow um, <laughs> kind of call. And uh, as we were going, uh, you know, we were it, calling, it, and it wasn't bad, but 
if anybody that hunts elk and have been around elk calls, you know some of them have very distinct sounds. And it's enough to trick elk usually, <laughs> but it's just some of them just sound kind of like imitation. They just sound kind of plastic, and that's what this was. And I think everybody kind of heard it at the same time, and all of our shoulders kind of slumped, and all of our all of our hopes kind of just drained pretty quickly. But we did have a bunch of elk around us. Yes, we did, and um, we I mean we did run into some hunters. I mean that's just. That's a part of public hunting as, you know, we all face. And uh, I remember those hunters, I, I don't, did they see us? He, yeah, he waved at us. So anyways, he got kind of angry, you could tell, and just kind of walked away from us. So we let him go his way and we started heading kind of back to the pickup. And uh, all of a sudden, I mean, just not even a hundred yards away, there was some cows and um, I I remember we kind of dropped our packs for a minute and was just kind of watching them mill around or feed around and um, our buddy kind of hung tight um, with his son his son came along with us and um, just kind of he was there just to kind of experience things and um, me and TJ dropped off um, I just want to add that uh, I am not a picky hunter, guys. Um, if it's, what do they say? It's If it's brown, it's down. <laughs> I, I'm going to backpedal for her a little bit on this. She, She's not. She's great. But, so, Judy, which we can get into stories later, but Judy has found a great bit of success as an archery hunter in the time that she's been doing it. And... Uh, I think prior to this year, she had had four archery elk tags and killed two elk with her bow. So we're running 50% success, which anybody that knows, that's that's pretty darn hard to accomplish, even for somebody that's seasoned and everything else. And, um, you know, I'm not going to pretend that she's not every bit as effective as the rest of us but if I had a 25 inch draw length and shooting lighter poundage you know just just the nature of it your range kind of is limited so it takes away those Hail Mary shots that some of these elk are killed on at you know 70 80 yards and um, I mean there's YouTube videos all over the place that get all kinds of traction because some guy made an awesome long shot and takes a lot of skill but so Judy has to rely on her skill as a hunter more than a shot although she's an excellent shot just because she doesn't have the extended range but um, I think she I draw 25 and a half 25 and a half drawing oh, I'm okay. sorry yeah but uh, she told me before this hunt going into it that she really wanted to hold out for a a bull a branch antlered bull so she shot an antlerless elk with her bow that ended up being a, a yearling that just hadn't grown spikes a little bull and uh, then she killed a really nice spike last year with her bow and so she was kind of set out although she's not picky and she's right she kind of set out to let anything that was a slick head walk by and I, uh, I understood the situation we were in and I rose to the occasion so I brought my longbow and said that's fine I will fill the freezer this year I am not going to pass on anything 
um, which ended up still not working out for me. But anyways, <laughs> and so she's not picky, but going into the situation, she had some opportunities that she passed, and she'll tell you about them. Yes, um, so we uh, went down across the ravine, and there was a calf. Um, I think it was about 30 yards, maybe 40 yards away. Um, it, uh, it was just feeding around. There was, uh, some trees between us and, um, all of a sudden we turn around and there is a spike and I don't know. I just wanted him like he, I don't even, I think he was even smaller than my spike from last year, but, but the, his bases had like almost like a small little branch <laughs> he still had velvet on him um but I don't know I was I turned around and they were coming like right behind us I really don't know how they didn't wind us um I guess uh our wind was just it's kind of draining down draining the draw down. a little bit it yeah. was it was close they were right on the edge of our wind it was we were pretty lucky they didn't catch it yeah it and uh I know a lot of people use like the uh, windicator spray and not windicator spray. What yeah, the, the scent, el the scent eliminator stuff. Yes, and um, I we've never used that, and we just kind of don't shower, roll in the dirt, and I'm just kidding, guys. Um, we don't roll in the dirt. We and we, we play. Shower. Yeah, we play the wind. <laughs> we we try not to add scent to ourselves, but we we just play the wind. We. Like most Western hunters, I think, will probably kind of be on the same page for the most part. But uh, we're walking multiple miles a day. And early September, I mean, we were still reaching like mid-80s degree yeah, for highs. I mean, it was really hot. So we were sweating and everything else going on. So, I mean, uh, I don't think we were going to get completely scent-free for very long. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we were um, playing the wind decided we were going to go ahead and get just a little bit closer um, to that calf because you could tell that's where the elk were going was right up. They were going to drop down the ravine that we were um, in and then, then they were going to pop out and we just knew if we got a little bit closer and you know there wasn't a tree in the way because trust me by experience trees do get in the way. Um, you know we were bumping uh, anyways, TJ, <laughs> um, I made a rookie mistake, guys. I blew the whole situation. He, he went to duck under the tree and this lovely stick just glided and thumped across his pack. Yeah. Instead of dropping my pack with everybody else, I was so certain that I would need it for one of us, uh, for a kill kit which, uh, arrogance, I guess, I don't know. I, I wasn't really thinking about it at the time. I just don't like leaving my stuff. Um, but I wore my pack and we were on a stock sub 80 yards and I could have dropped it and I should have, but instead I wore it and caught a piece of my webbing and raked a stick across the cordura that it's made out of. And it's loud. It's like, I don't know. It's like a loud, piece of clothing, I guess, raking across a stick, loud canvas jacket or something. And well, 
Well, I yeah. mean, normally it wouldn't matter, but whenever, whenever you're that close to an animal... Yeah, I, I mean, think we were, it, what, 27 yards at that point? Yeah, we were less than 30 yards from that calf, and um, that calf spooked, and they gone. Actually, they didn't go that far. Yeah, they really we, didn't. We stopped them, sort of. Yeah, we stopped them. You know, we threw out some some calls, and they thought... They didn't know what we were, but they didn't like what we were either, but... Um, we got back into yeah. 25 yards of some cows. But yeah, but Judy I just didn't want to shoot one. <laughs> I didn't, and where TJ was, he was kind of stuck in a tree, <laughs> and um, there was no way that he could pull his recurve back. And that's what we did that morning, and um, that evening, because um, I don't know. Uh, Sometimes you can wait all day and, you know, find them where they're not milling around. But for the most part, elk bed in the mornings. So, I mean, we kind of, that was, that was our morning and we went and took a break and then we went back out that evening and we were, we were calling that evening. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we will a lot of times spend all day out on the mountain. And, but we were, you know, close enough proximity to the vehicle still on this one. And our kids were with us. They were back, you know, with some, uh, close, close family friends, kind of extended family. Um, and we wanted to, you know, go hang out with our kids and check on them and alleviate some of the, <laughs> some of the task of feeding them and everything else. And the temperatures were very high. The elk were bedding for long periods of time during the middle of the day. And we like working on bedded elk when they're fired up, but these elk were not real fired up. We heard a couple bugles. I mean, they, they were at dark, like right when we started, but just as the morning progressed quickly, like the vocalizations tapered off. And I'm sure that anybody that's been out there has experienced that some. But yeah, we decided to go in and try that evening we kind of got a little bit of an early start want to do a little bit of just looking around poking around and see what sign we saw everything else kind of get in the right situation for it but our friend that uh, Judy's mentioned had been out in the evenings and he said man the evenings are better than this better than the morning basically so we leaned on him a little bit took his word for it and decided to go try something different Anyways, we were out and um, we were just kind of walking along a ridge and there was a cow uh, bedded and I remember, you know, I don't, it's kind of hard because I feel like I'm being really loud um, but trying to be quiet at the same time, you know, when you have those thoughts in your head. I have a lot of thoughts that go in my head, a lot of ups and downs and um, I'm pretty sure everybody experiences that. Um, but we were walking through and I remember our buddy's son, um, was wearing cowboy boots and I, I was like, man, I just feel like he is being the loudest. I'm pretty sure that nobody was being loud because that cow stayed embedded the whole time. Anyways, I look up and I, I see that cow and I stop everybody and of course I have to grab TJ's pack to get him to stop because if not he's like on a mission gonna go like 
anyways um we finally got everybody where they could see the cow elk and we kind of i think we were only like maybe six no we were 70 yards from him um i can shoot 70 i just don't want to shoot 70 um 60 yards and under i you know i'm really confident in that anyways um we hung out there for quite a while um, as we were waiting to see what that cow was going to do. And, and our... we kind of had the thought that there were, it was pretty thick where she was bedded, uh, just typical bedding area, pinion juniper stuff. So we had the thought there was probably other elk right around her that we didn't see yeah. at the yeah. time. But, I mean, she ended up getting up, and there there wasn't. There was no elk. But then, we weren't too far from a water, and you can hear stuff splashing. So then, you go from, like, being all kind of, like, sad that, oh, man, there's just cows here. Nah, nah, nah. Anyways, um, we went, me and uh, our buddy went close to the water, and, um... <laughs> anyways uh there was a bunch of splashing and I got I pulled my phone out so I know a lot of people don't think to do that but that's the one thing I want to do so badly is to film a very successful hunt um I know it's just with my phone but one day I'll have like a camcorder and all that good stuff uh <laughs> I don't know um it's really hard to do that, but I don't know. I just want to catch memories because when you're out there, it's so hard to describe to people like how, you know, what you see, the views you see. I mean, the the things you experience as a hunter is absolutely amazing. And I just always want to share my experiences with people. I'm I, I would love for everybody to share my feelings too, so that way you could actually feel what I'm feeling at the time but anyways uh, I know TJ and uh, and our buddy's son were kind of in the back and me and our buddy went around the tree and we were only like 30 maybe 40 yards away and um, he pulled his boat back at a, at a cow I guess there was only there was only cows at the water and I was pulling my phone out trying to get it so I could see the shot and film the shot and well, anyways, um, he missed, um, and, uh, when he missed, and, uh, a bull fired up not too far away. Yeah, it was kind of, it was a fun experience for sure, but, uh, yeah, it was kind of crazy. We didn't expect elk to be at that water. We were all kind of cut off guard. Um, he shot, and it was just one of those things that cow was stationary, and it was a good shot. He made, he hit right where his pin was sitting, but she just moved out of the way, and, wasn't like she was reacting to his bow or anything it was just she was already gonna move and it's if you shoot at enough animals you see that occasionally but uh so that happened and it kind of spooked all the elk off but they still didn't know what what was going on is they just heard a thud you know and that arrow was there and one of the cows actually walked back down and sniffed his arrow and uh, pretty sure caught a little human scent off of that because then they kind of scampered on up the hill and made a little bit more noise rolling rocks and stuff and that's uh, all that noise and commotion is what got that bull to fire up and bugle at us and we couldn't tell if he was bugling out of his bed and was just bedded really close to a water 
or if he had worked his way in and just hadn't come all the way in yet or what yeah but we actually ended up just deciding to sit at that water um when it when you sit out of water um if you're not like in a ground blind or you know um I guess in a ground blind or pop-up blind or anything if you don't have something basically to cover you it is probably the hardest thing to do when trying to harvest an animal and we were all just huddled up under a tree basically yeah I tried to throw a little bit of brush in front of us I mean it, it was not it wasn't a brush blind it was a pretty sorry attempt really yeah but we was. were kind of out of time to do anything else we couldn't really make it to any other spots we knew that bull was close by so we decided to give it a shot and sure enough that bull came in um he was just a little five by five and i remember he was broke off on his third um that's what i call a stick bow pope and young right there <laughs> Yeah, and the guys were so gracious and, of course, um, were giving me first shot. So, by the time that I said elk, elk, you know, bull, bull, and um, got positioned where, I mean, my heart was pumping pretty fast. I mean, he was like 20 yards away. Yeah, we were, we were pretty close. This was a tough tank to sit anyways. There were too many of us there. The wind was little screwy and uh, we were all like she said huddled up under a small bush that barely was big enough to give us all backing uh, and we were all kind of just sitting around crisscross applesauce legs falling asleep trying to wait this thing out yeah I I pulled my bow back and immediately the elk saw me and um, of course he just turned around whipped around and my arrow did not ever fly yeah that's uh that's a personal downside for me i am i don't know i guess you call it lustful or greedy or whatever and i try not to be but occasionally it jumps all over me but rookie mistake number two <laughs> for me at the trip um but i i tried to stop him try to slow him down and he kind of had lunged out and he kind of stopped for a minute didn't really stop he slowed down but I'm shooting a stick bow and it's a hard thing to describe because it's not as accurate and I will just be frank about that but it has some pos uh, some some plus sides some uh, positive things and I can draw it anchor and get a sight target acquired pretty quickly and so I did that and made a snapshot but he was on edge ducked and lunged just as my bow fired and my arrow hit what two feet behind his butt probably like he was already out of the way of that arrow and we are going to take a short intermission and we will be back after the miss all right we are back and uh just to remind everybody and rub salt in my own wound i just let an arrow fly out of my stick bow and missed a bull which was slightly bigger than the bull I killed last year with my stick bow. And I'm using a longbow on this hunt that a friend of mine actually built and a guy I went to college with. And it is a sweet shooting, just smooth little bow. And I love the thing, but I am a little bit snake bit with it. I've got some 
some hunts behind it now and it just things haven't gone real well i'm not superstitious i know it's not the bow but i took a recurve last year was less confident with it and made excellent work of an elk and made a good shot on the edge of my range and uh yeah it's just not not what happened here and you'll probably catch that that's kind of we're setting that tone for me for this September um, and there's a little bit more to come that illustrates more of that but um, that was the end of our first weekend pretty much wasn't it or was no, that no was we that... had a whole nother day that yeah. was our first day hunting okay yep so Judy's gonna remind me what happened the second day and she's gonna start telling you guys it's been too long for me I don't remember it all very well all right guys so we um, of course we slept we woke up next morning and we decided to do the same thing we did in the morning um, every, uh, our buddy and TJ actually didn't want to know or was that the next weekend Come nope in. that was that weekend okay anyways so that weekend um, we slept on it anyways went and did the same game plan um, of what we did for the other morning. Uh, we got up there, um, and there was like this big field that the elk were on, um, that morning, but they actually weren't there that morning. So... It, not, not like an ag field, like a big pasture area. It, it had been clear cut sometime previously, but just to, just to clarify, but yeah. But anyways, we're in this field, I mean, where there was, you know, pinyon, junipers, surrounding it yeah. so shrubby trees shrubby trees um we uh went in there but we got there like a little bit later than what we did the day prior yeah we were running a little late yep so we decided to go ahead and drive farther than what we did before so we drove a little bit farther and um which i kind of liked that because it didn't feel like we had to walk 10 miles um to get to the elk to get in front of the elk that was what we were trying to do was get in front of them um so uh we got in front of them we called nothing guys absolutely no not even a mew of a cow i i was so discouraged i was just like we're never gonna get an elk anyways um, we ended up, and, and we had to leave at like noon that day because it's Sunday and we had to be back to work on Monday, or at least I did. Um, TJ could have taken the morning off if need be, but anyways, um, we went, um, we were going down the ridge and we made it to this fence and we bugled and here it came one fired up hallelujah yay pretty anyway, close to us too yeah it was really close so we started our game plan we uh, went down the fence a little ways hopped the fence fired up again and there the bull the bull res responded and it was so wonderful We're like yay it's happening so we started making our move like creeping into the elk and I remember we ripped one and then nothing nothing at all which this this part was kind of shocking because if you guys are familiar with elk vocalizations everybody's got their own terms for it but 
he he seemed a little bit agitated with us prior to this. Like it wasn't just a I am over here to locator bugle. He he like he was being a little bit showing some attitude. And so usually when you push on them like this and you get closer and closer, they keep bugling and you know occasionally if it's too early they'll turn tail and run to say ah, I'm not interested in playing that game today we're using elk, uh, bull vocalizations also so he thinks we're another bull coming in yeah, and I remember there was cows and stuff around us and I, I if I remember correctly a calf came around us as well but it's like the bull picked up all his cows and left like that's and of course then we're kind of, it's getting warm morning now because we got there a little late and we're kind of like, well, what do we do? Like, we are kind of dumbfounded and we decided. We were pretty well committed to this spot. Like, this was going to be our morning. We couldn't yeah. really transition at this point. So we decided to wait, like, I don't know, it felt like 30 minutes. I don't know, it could have been 10 minutes. I'm very bad with time when I'm hunting. Um, I either want to speed things up or things take too long. Anyways, I am I feel like I'm a pretty impatient kind of hunter. So I, uh, or just an impatient person. <laughs> um, I don't mean so. Anyways, it could have been like 10 minutes. Felt like an hour, you know. Anyways, uh, they um, they decided, I can't remember if they threw a bugle or if y'all just did a, a cow call. It, it was a bugle. We, okay. And we, we decided to put a little extra pressure on him and basically tell him, hey, uh, put up or shut up kind of is what we were trying yeah. to portray. Yep. And I mean, not far off. I mean, like within a hundred yards, this bull is pissed. He starts raking the tree and like grunting, like I can't even, I can't even do this. I can't do the sound. Well, TJ does a really good, good. So he he uh, he basically accepted the challenge. He he was sneaking in on us. Is what was coming. Is what was that was equating to. He's coming in, but he was coming in kind of silent, kind of slow. And we called his hand, and thankfully he decided to play and be vocal about it. And uh, we made him all the way mad, right? And like, he's well, mad. He started raking trees and, and really getting aggressive and that was great uh, that's exactly what we were after yeah there was um so tj hung back a little bit and our buddy was to the left and i was to the right and of course there's an opening on my right and on our buddies there's an opening to the left and uh there was also an opening to my left but if i let's say would have shot that way i also could have risked shooting our friend <laughs> it, it wasn't super close. It was definitely taking part of his hunting lane away, or his, his shooting lane away, though. Yes, but still, you don't ever want to, like, even shoot towards a person that's just really not safe at all. Yeah. Because, I mean, if he would have took a step forward or anything. Anyways, so this bull, I mean, we were there for, like, maybe only 10 minutes. I mean, but our friend was getting a little impatient at this point and um tj just kept holding strong and that bull just kept getting more mad and more mad and just and breaking trees and oh man it was just you can at that point my heart wasn't like pounding because you're like okay at any point this this bull can just be gone but 
if he would have popped out on my lane, it was like 30, 40 yards. And anyways, all of a sudden, I looked to my left because that bull, like in the matter of just seconds, was there to my left, standing there at like 25 yards. And our buddy also saw him at 25 yards. No, it was like a 20-yard shot from him. Uh, yeah, I think 23, something like that. And, you know, it. I, I think that's why we're doing this, right, is for people to relate back to it. So I hope that people relate to this. But it all happened really quickly when it finally did. Um, you know, when that bull was raking that tree and, and getting really mad, I... I felt like I was like setting the hook personally. I, I, my confidence picked up, but everybody else has kind of seemed to drop away. And part of that is just the different styles and you have to learn your own style of doing stuff. Uh, he was playing into what I like to happen. So something I was comfortable with, but you know, everybody else has little, their own little things. And so it was taking a little longer than they were hoping for, you know, the bull wasn't making enough ground right away, but when it happened, like Judy said, all of a sudden he was right there, right on top of us. Mm -hmm. And our friend, I'll just go ahead, his name's Rylan, I'm sure you guys hear about him a lot. Uh, we hunt together a lot. Some of the hunts that Judy doesn't like to go on, the colder, nastier, more miserable ones, uh, me and Rylan will hunt together, and she won't. <laughs> She'll pick a different hunt for herself, but, uh, so you'll hear from him and the guy is uh this sounds like one of those just goofy you know bro terms but the guy is a killer he's an absolute killer he's fantastic he's a great woodsman he's a great hunter and he's a good shot but this happened so quickly that he had time to pull his bow back and take advantage of his opening and that was it so when it all boiled down and we kind of reviewed what had happened between us all he didn't realize the bull was quartering quite as much as it was. It was quartering to him. And he overshot it in yardage a little bit, which happens. You know, he had to guess. Didn't use his rangefinder. But we practiced this stuff, so he was pretty confident and made a good shot. He made a... It looks like a really good shot. But I, I mean, even me, I didn't realize that he was quartering away as much. But I just knew that, you know, he hit that elk and that elk was going to be down. But, I mean within yards like I just knew it and um, it's not quite the way it worked no um but that elk, that elk didn't go far like he I mean he went less than 60 yards and stopped and Rylan got another shot didn't he? yeah I got another shot clipped a clipped a small branch um we're big advocates if you get one arrow in them you keep fleeing them same with bullets right so uh, we knew that this was going to be a fatal shot, so after that, it's kind of Katie bar the door and hit him where you can. Just break him down if you if you have to, and in the you know in the suffering, in the pain, whatever, make the cleanest and quickest kill you can. Um, but so Rylan was going to take a the first shot. The bull was coming in, and he was shooting at the bull's left side. So the bull was quartered to us. The entrance was actually really good, maybe just a scotch high. But when the bull stopped, we realized, boy, he is, like, carrying his back right leg pretty bad. And even I, like, I, I said, you know, that bull was quartered to us. Where would you aim? And from my perspective, I was hoping that maybe he had aimed in front of the shoulder. But he was up a little bit, so it wasn't quartered quite as hard for him. He said, no, I put it right behind the shoulder. 
was thinking, okay, well, it exited last rib, so that's still, you know, good solid one lung, maybe a piece of another one, and liver for sure. And that's just not what happened. And uh, so he hit him a little high, and the arrow ended up being, like, full length of the elk from the back of the left shoulder to the right ham. And so he was going to take a hard quartering away shot for the second one and just got a small deflection off a branch. And um, Rylan was so prepared um, (laughs) when it came to his arrows. He had been uh, shooting at coyotes and had some some dull broadheads, some breakage, and had an arrow missing a knock that we found once we were on the side of the mountain. So uh, not to make him sound like he was... Like, it was completely his fault. It was some of the stuff that just happens and you find out when you're out there. But uh, he started the day, he thought, with three or four arrows. But one of them didn't have a knock. Another one was broken. So ended up, he had two good arrows by the time this was all said and done. One of them is in the elk, and the second one gets launched at the elk. Um, So um, I, I just like to tease because we know we've all been there. I mean... We literally have been been there where you're just like, oh, I need another arrow. And In fact, this might be a story for another day, but I think I remember uh, leaving you sitting over a cow elk while I ran back and hiked back to the truck to get more bullets for you one time. Um, yeah, that was pretty... Yeah, that's <laughs> another story. <laughs> My first elk was... Um, very comical I will have to say it was probably the most comical hunt in, in hindsight it's comical at, at the time it was not it was no, pretty stressful at the time yeah at the time it was pretty stressful but anyways uh we're talking about this hunt <laughs> so um anyways we all like to tease each other when we're hunting so we ended up trailing that elk actually not that far I mean less than less than a mile of blood um and as the crow flies, probably 500 yards. Um, I mean, we kept picking up blood, and we lost blood. And I'm really glad that Rylan and TJ are so experienced because they can get a that elk track, the foot track, and figure it out. Well, that uh, bull actually met up with some cows or something, and so there was a lot of tracks. <laughs> Anyways, we got up and the cows ran off and where the cows went is not where the bull went, which was really shocking. And he yeah, he he was hurt. The cows went up and he was hurt bad enough and that we waited he didn't want to go. Hour yeah. Before we did this, um uh we always like to give our animals um, because you don't want to just keep bumping the animals and bumping and bumping because the more they bump, the more um it, uh, there's a time adrenaline. yeah adrenaline. adrenaline there's a time and a place to to bump them and push them but this wasn't it we knew yeah we knew that he was fatally hit we knew that he didn't want to go far and would likely bed down yeah. Um, but yeah after i i guess just not to skip ahead too much but it was a really tough track we finally got it worked out uh realized that he didn't go with the cows split off it was really rocky terrain, so it was hard to find any impression or track. We finally picked up a tiny bit of blood, went a few more steps, and then all of a sudden we see him. And to our surprise, he is still on his feet. Yep. 
and I uh, handed Rylan my bow. Which, uh, this sounds this sounds terrible to anybody that doesn't know us. We practice. We shoot each other's bows. I mean, obviously, Judy can't shoot mine or Rylan's, but uh, I can shoot Rylan's, and I know where it hits for me. And Rylan and I can both shoot Judy's, and, uh, you know, he we ended up, the elk is standing there. He's right at 50 yards. Um, Judy could have made the follow-up shot for sure. And we discussed that briefly, but Rylan had started this elk and he's like, man, guys, if it's okay with you, I'd really like to finish it. Uh, my longbow is, you know, super hard to judge where it's going to hit at 50 yards if you're not super, like really experienced and, and really connected with that bow and that setup because you're not shooting sights or anything. And uh, also the arrow arcs more because it's a heavier, slower arrow and there was some overhanging limbs. So we discussed that. And Rylan kind of realized what he had to do and said, all right, Judy, can I borrow your bow? And Judy had an arrow knocked and uh, handed him her bow. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was a tough shot. I I remember like standing behind and I actually did not pull out my phone this time. Like I, I didn't. Yeah. And this would have been the shot that needed to be filmed. I mean, there is, Rylan is like 6'2". He's tall. Shooting at 25 and a half inch draw. And um, it just, it's funny because he just, you would have never known that my bow didn't fit him. I mean, he just pulled my bow up, shot that elk, and made an excellent shot. I mean, just, it, it looked beautiful and it was. He had an opening probably the size of like two basketballs stacked end over end on top of each other, maybe, like just. Just maybe a two foot by one foot opening to put yeah. it into, and the arrow went right in the middle of it, which was right behind the shoulder and sunk to the fletchings, and it was great. Yeah, and uh, anyways, uh, Rylan, you know, knocked another arrow in my bow, and that bull wasn't 60 yards away, and he, I don't think he got it, did he? He yeah, did he, get one more shot. No, he didn't take the shot. He drew back one more time. Yeah, drew back, and we ended up just sitting down right there and listening. It was rocky enough. We could hear kind of what was going on and we could hear the bull breathing still. We knew that he was close by, um, but we had some, some extra circumstances going on. Um, we knew the bull wasn't going to leave. We knew this was going to put him in, uh, you know, do him in, but he still, he was quartered to again, just a little bit and it was behind the shoulder. And so we decided, hey, Judy has to leave. She has to go get our kids. I can stay if uh, and help, but we've got to kind of split the sheets and get back to the truck and get her home, which wasn't going to take very long. But we knew that the, the bull was likely to need between 30 minutes and an hour anyways. So we got everything marked really well. We were extremely comfortable with the location. Uh, we needed to get out and call in some help to get packs, extra packs and backs in there anyways, because it was hot enough that we were a little bit worried that, uh, after waiting this long, we were going to face some spoilage if we didn't get it packed out and on ice pretty quick. Um, so that's what we did. We left him for a little bit and, uh, yeah, I guess that was the, the end of it for Judy. She to her dismay she really wanted to stay but to her dismay she came out and did the adult thing and got her kids and 
came back and got ready to send kids to school and her to work and I stayed and went back in and of course we found the bull dead under a tree where he had bedded just another maybe 80 yards from where we had last seen him and we didn't have any spoilage it was great we had two very selfless guys come in and help us pack and quarter and everything so we made quick work of the deboning and the packing job and Rylan got an awesome bull and persistence paid off so that was our first weekend right yep that was that was our first weekend we are running at like 50 minutes do you think we can tell our second no our second trip there's and... no way y'all are gonna have to wait for an, the next podcast for uh for the next hunt for the next weekend i mean all right so there's part one of our september archery elk hunt that we didn't expect to do two parts to but there we go there's weekend number one um we'll get the hang of this guys if you don't like the pace of it and we drag on too much make some comments we don't take anything personally we are learning what we're doing here we don't know what we're doing but we're looking to have fun with it and share experiences so make comments uh i guess not to beg and plead for this but i guess give us reviews and comments on the podcast platform that you're listening to this on if you do and that should help us out at least kind of gauge what you guys like and don't like um we're just doing this for us and uh, like i said to kind of give back so we've got a few more minutes that we could fill here uh, not that i feel like we need to but what is the next thing we're doing what's the very next thing we're doing like right now yeah what what are we what are we headed to do we're on the road yeah yeah so i don't know if y'all know my husband um <laughs> but we have a tendency of getting trucks and they break. And of course- They don't, in, they don't make them like they used to. I'm, I'm impatient. So we saw a truck and um, I'm interested in it. So I wanna go test drive it. So we're gonna go test drive truck. And it's Christmas Eve right now, but- uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, this will come out, but- uh, <laughs> Yeah, we're going to go look at a truck. Uh, I will buy it, but it still doesn't hurt to look, right? Yeah, so I've got a fantastic friend of ours that we made. We actually met him on our honeymoon, which that's another hunting story that we could tell at some point. But we met him on our honeymoon with his, with his son, and they are going to come join me for a guided archery deer hunt no, in January. It was our... That was the um, next anniversary. Trip? Yeah, it was, our, ne- it was ah. our next trip. So there we go. But for years now, we've known the, the guys, and they are fantastic people. And they're going to be here January 1st through 5th for uh, archery deer hunt. And the dad is the one with the tag, and we're going to all go tear it up and see what we can't find. But I need a truck <laughs> to haul them around in. And our trucks are just not just not fixing very easily so we might end up with a truck before the first of the year we'll see but thank you guys again for joining us for following along for listening uh, like I said we've got a lot of stories a lot of stuff that we want to cover but if there's anything anybody wants to hear specifically reach out to us uh, follow us on Instagram 
our individual accounts. Right now, this has got enough of our attention learning how to do this that I'm not going to make it its own account yet or anything like that. So, uh, we love the feedback. We like to hear from you guys. We can't wait to involve some of our friends for as guests because as much as we love telling our stories, we like hearing y'all's stories and their stories just as much. So hopefully this ends up being something that we can all enjoy. And uh, until next time, happy hunting. Bye, guys. Bye.